This is the Moira Pentecostal Church podcast, providing you with sound biblical teaching. We hope you will be encouraged, challenged, and blessed by this ministry. Mark's Gospel, chapter 5, and Luke's Gospel, chapter 8. So Mark 5 and Luke 8. I want to read from verse 25 of Mark 5. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus... She came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if I only may touch his clothes, I shall be well. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out from him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, You see the multitude thronging you, and you say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. And then Luke chapter 8. Uh, reading from verse 43. Same, same story, but just slightly different wording. Now, a woman having a flow of blood for 12 years has spent all her livelihood on physicians and could not be healed by any, came from behind and touched the border of his garment, and immediately the, her flow of blood stopped. And Jesus said to her, Who touched me? Jesus said, Who touched me? When all denied it, Peter and those with him said, Master, the multitudes throng and press you, and you say, Who touched me? But Jesus said, Somebody touched me, for I perceive power going out from me. And when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him. And she declared to him in the presence of all the people the reason she had touched him and how she was healed immediately. And he said to her, Daughter, be of good cheer. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace. The woman with the issue of blood is a remarkable account of one woman's faith and resilience in the face of great adversity. And yet it's one of tremendous victory, one of a great, fantastic breakthrough that she got from the Lord. And Matthew, Mark, and Luke all records the details in their Gospels, even though we only read two. And I feel that this journey that this woman went on to get her miracle is an encouraging one for us to know. I know it's very familiar. You've read it a thousand times. But sometimes you've got to go back over things slowly and try to imagine what happened. Put yourself in that position. And so tonight again, we want to briefly look at this story again and 
maybe with fresh eyes, and follow this woman on her journey and see her remarkable faith, a simple faith, but a remarkable faith nonetheless. So first of all, I want to look at the desperation. I'm going to alliterate a little bit tonight. The desperation of her faith. This woman's faith was forged in the fires of desperation. For 12 long, painful, suffering, horrible years, this illness not only caused her physical suffering, but spiritual disenfranchisement from church and from the synagogue and from the temple. Caused her material destitution. She ended up completely and utterly broke. And she was at a great social disadvantage. So lots of things were against her. Lots of things in life seemingly had conspired to bring her to this situation where life was terrible, horrible, desperate. It says that she suffered many things of many physicians. Had gone to all of the doctors and all of the quacks. Tried every known remedy to man. Probably looked into Talmud. The Talmud is a a big collection of writings, of rabbinical writings, covering law and, and, and love and every, everything to do with life, written over centuries by rabbis, their philosophies, their thoughts, their ideas, their musings. And in the Talmud, there are some really strange <laughs> concoctions for illnesses and how to administer them. And no doubt she tried all of them. But in spite of everything, nothing worked. Suffered many things of many physicians. All the, those things did was add to her miserable existence. And so she spent all that she had. She was penniless. Every little bit of savings was gone. And now she is absolutely desperate. Have you ever been desperate? You say, David, there's times I've been beyond desperate, if it's possible to be beyond desperate. But this woman's faith was forged in the fires of her desperation. Socially, not to put too fine a point on it, but she's hemorrhaging. Not a very sociable condition to have. Embarrassing to say the least. Uh, I don't suppose that she got out much. It would be awkward socially mixing with others in this continual illness that was so debilitating and so socially unacceptable. Spiritually, she'd be disenfranchised from the temple. Because according to Levitical law, while she's in that condition, she would be unclean. So therefore, she couldn't go to the temple to worship. She couldn't even go to the synagogue to worship. And for her to even touch anybody, 
would cause them to be ceremonially unclean. And so socially she's disadvantaged. Spiritually she's disenfranchised. Where can she go? Can't go to church. And so you can see that this must have been a very lonely, difficult, terrible time for her. She must have understood how a leper must have felt. Because in a sense, that's what she was like. And so this woman is really, really desperate. Only a miracle, only divine intervention. Only if she gets a mighty breakthrough will her circumstances change and her life will be different. Constantly suffering, mentally and emotionally, and perhaps spiritually drained, materially impoverished. She's in a bad way. And so the Bible paints this picture of this woman who's desperate. But in her desperation, faith is stirring. There are no other options. She's tried everything for 12 years. Her only hope is the Lord and his touch. But then there's a determination of her faith. Although by this time she was physically and emotionally and mentally drained, yet she, she managed to muster up a determination and I like this woman's tenacity, uh, her go-through spirit, her never-say-die attitude. She was determined that she would snatch victory from the jaws of defeat. Her faith was the determining factor. So in spite of all the setbacks and all the disappointments and all the times her hopes were dashed, there was no cure, there was no pill, there was no potion, there was no balm, there was no doctor, there was no consultant, nothing. Absolutely nothing in the natural could help her. But she was determined. And faith was kindled in her heart. In Mark 5, 27, it says, but, but, when she heard about Jesus. Kenneth Wist, the great Greek scholar, said that means having heard of the things concerning Jesus. She had been hearing things concerning Jesus. And you can only imagine the things concerning Jesus she heard. About the miracles. About the lives that were changed. About the healings even raising dead people to life again. In John 4, 46, 47, it says, So Jesus came again to Cana of Galilee, where he had made the water wine. And there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum. And when he heard that Jesus had come out of Judea into Galilee, he went to him and implored him to come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. When Jesus came into the region or the locality or the village, the word spread like wildfire. 
He was known throughout the land. Luke 7, 2 and 3, And a certain centurion servant who was dear to him was sick and needed to die, and ready to die. But when he heard about Jesus, he sent the elders of the Jews to him, pleading with him to come and to heal his servant. So this woman heard about the things concerning Jesus. And up until now, it was probably her just sheer doggedness that kept her going to this point. But then she's hearing about the things concerning Jesus. And faith is beginning to rise in the midst of her difficulty. Now her faith is growing considerably. Now she's standing up on the inside. No medicine could cure. No doctor could heal her. No balm could pacify. She needed a breakthrough. But now the great physician is in time. Dr. Jesus is doing his rounds. And she hears things concerning Jesus. In Mark 5.27, she had to push her way through the crowds and the multitudes that surrounded Jesus. Every yard must have seemed like a mile to her. But her desperation of faith has now become a determination of faith. And so she keeps pushing and pushing and pushing her way through the crowd. Now consider for a moment the obstacles that she must have had to face. Sometimes, sometimes, your biggest battle is just before your biggest breakthrough. And now she has a battle. One last battle. How can I get to Jesus? There's a multitude surrounding him. But she's determined. One way or the other, she's absolutely determined to get to Jesus. Determination's a great thing. If we're determined by faith to do something. You remember Jacob wrestling with the angel? Wrestling all night until the dawn was breaking? And he says, I will not let you go until you bless me. That's determination, isn't it? The angel had to touch him in the hollow of his thigh to break his grip on him. He was absolutely determined he was going to get a blessing. Even though he was wrestling with the angel. Mary and Martha, their brother was dying. Jesus wasn't in town that day. But they knew where he was, and he wasn't that far away. A couple of hours down the road. So they sent for him to come. And you know, of course, he didn't come. And the longer they waited, the more hurt and maybe confused they became, maybe a little bit angry. Why wouldn't he come? Sure, he's only down the road. This is Lazarus, our brother, his friend. He loves to stay at our home. He loves to come here and eat. Every time he's in town, this is the place where he, he comes, he hangs out with us. 
Why wouldn't they come? Did you tell them to come? Yeah, I told them. I thought he would come, but he didn't. Then the brother dies. And there's no sign of Jesus. They're having to bury him. And he still hasn't come. How could this be? Can you imagine their pain and their hurt and their disappointment and maybe their anger? But of course we know that Jesus had a perfectly good reason for not coming. And he knew in his delay that his friend would die, but he was going to raise him from the dead. You're going to get a mighty breakthrough. But just before that mighty breakthrough, they had this terrible battle in their minds and in their hearts. Sometimes before your greatest breakthrough is your most difficult battle. Consider what this woman had to overcome. She was weak in body. No question that she was weak. Frail. And yet she had to push her way through a crowd. I don't know if you've ever been in a big, big crowd. I mean, really. A crushing crowd. It's not a very pleasant experience. Sally and I, years ago, we were in Hong Kong. Stopped a few days on our way over to see Claire in the Philippines. And as you do, you, wanna, you don't want to stay in your hotel room. So we thought, we'll get out. We'll get the ferry over to the island. And of course, typical tourists never thought it was rush hour. <laughs> the worst possible time. But we're going anyway, and suddenly we're just swept along. There's thousands of people because they're all going home, it's rush hour. And we're stuck in the middle of this, just hoping and praying that wherever we end up is going to be the right place, that we're going to get to the right bar or the right ticket kiosk or whatever. But you're just swept along, and it's shoulder-to-shoulder stuff. It's really tight, squeezy. Do you ever see those trains in Japan? You know, where they're pushing you, there's guys actually standing there. That's their job, to push you onto that train, <laughs> squeezing you in like sardines. And then, uh, might have been that same trip, we went up to the, to the peak. And, you know, there's these carriages, you go up to the peak, up to the top of the mountain to see the city. And uh, they were jam-packed. And I had the misfortune of standing face-to-face to a Buddhist monk <laughs> who had been eating garlic. <laughs> he didn't want to be face-to-face with anybody who's just been eating garlic. I mean, we were squished. Can you imagine how this little woman felt? Getting into the middle of that crowd. Getting pushed and shoved and dunted. Maybe tripping and falling, which would be dangerous because you could get trampled. And also, she'd be frightened of being exposed. What, What if somebody knows her in that crowd? What if the neighbor's there too? What if her relative's there? What if one of those doctors is there? Because she's unclean. Ceremonially. If anybody touches her and they know her. So you, you can imagine all this is going through her mind. It's difficult. But for all of that, her determination of faith 
was going to give her an encounter with Jesus. She was going to push through and she was going to get her breakthrough. See here her declaration of faith. Matthew 9, 21, we didn't read that gospel, but she said to herself, if only I may touch his garment, I shall be made well. Luke 8, 44, she came from behind and touched the border of his garment, for she said to herself, this was her declaration of faith, for she said to herself, the authorized version says, she said within herself, if I may but touch his clothes, I shall be made well. So this was her faith talking. But what was her faith based upon? What was her declaration of faith based upon? It's based upon two things. One which we already talked about. The things concerning Jesus that she heard about the testimonies perhaps she heard. Maybe talked to somebody who had been healed. Maybe actually saw Jesus healing people. We don't know. But she heard things concerning Jesus. And what she heard caused faith to rise up in her heart. She felt, if I can just touch him, others have been healed and if I can get near him and just touch that I will receive my healing so it was based perhaps hearing maybe a testimony somebody's testimony is a great encouragement isn't it you know if you're in the same position that they're in and they have come through that and God has touched them whether it's a miracle of healing or whatever the case may be and you hear that and you're going through that that lifts your faith, doesn't it? You feel exercised. You feel, well, there's hope for me. If they got that, surely I can get that too. And faith begins to rise. Second thing was what she knew about the Word of God. It was not by accident that she said in Luke 8, 44, if I may touch the border or the hem of his garment, I shall be made well. See how specific she was. He didn't just say that at the top of her head. She had a plan. She knew what she was talking about here. Not just any part of his clothes, but if I can touch the hem of his garment. You see, In those days, it was a piece of material with a hole. It would be kind of oblong shape, put over the head, over the shoulders, and down. And at the bottom of it would be fringes and four tassels. Now today, that would be the talith, the talith, the prayer shawl called the zitzit. T-Z-I-T, Z-I-T, zitzit. And the tassels would have, they would be woven with threads and there would be blue threads interwoven. 
Some say for standing for divinity or for royalty or perhaps both. But she knew that wearing that was to remind them, to remind them about God's law and what God had done for them written in the law. How he had brought them out of Egypt with a mighty hand in the Passover and so forth and brought them through. And so it was a reminder of the law, God's word. In Numbers chapter 15, if I may just read a couple of verses here to you. Again, the Lord spoke to Moses saying, this is verse 37 of Numbers 15. Again, the Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak to the children of Israel. Tell them to make tassels on the corner of their garments throughout their generations and to put a blue thread in the tassels of the corners. And you shall have the tassel that you may look upon it and remember all the commandments of the Lord and to do them that you may not follow the harlotry to which your own heart and your own eyes are inclined, that you may remember to do all my commandments and be holy for your God. For I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt to be your God. I am the Lord your God. And so being a woman of the covenant, she would understand that. And maybe, doesn't say, we can only hazard a guess, maybe, maybe she remembered some of God's law, some of God's word. Maybe she remembered Psalm 103, verse 3, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases. Or maybe Exodus 15, 26, I am the Lord that heals you, Jehovah Rapha. So maybe in her mind, maybe God's word, God's law was there. But she's very specific. I need to touch the hem, the tassels, the fringe. And if I can do that, I'm going to claim the promise of God's word for my life. The demonstration of her faith. Mark 5.27 When she heard of Jesus she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. Notice that she here she came behind him in the crowd. Now some people's faith is shouty. Some people's faith is showy. I'll give you an example. The beggar, Bartimaeus. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. He shouted. They told him to shut up. You're only a dirty old beggar. You're embarrassment. But he shouted all the more. He was shouty, wasn't he? And he got the attention of the master. Jesus stopped everything and brought him over and completely healed him. And then the man that lay at the beautiful gate. Peter and John goes past. Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And he rose up and walked, and then he danced. 
That's pretty showy, isn't it? He danced a jig right there in the street. Well, if God healed you, you'd dance a jig too, wouldn't you? Fair play. I would have danced a jig too if I'd have got that. But this wee woman's neither showy or shoddy. In fact, she's very quiet. But you see, faith can work in the quiet as well. And she came behind in the crowd. All she wanted to do was touch the hem of his garment, get her miracle, and then just quietly just go back. No fuss, just faith. Hmm? No noise, just quiet faith. That's all she wanted to do. Of course, Jesus wasn't going to let her off with that. Sure he wasn't. Of course, in her condition, she wouldn't have wanted the whole world to know that she was even there. But in the quietness of her heart, she said within herself, if I can just touch him, just that tassel, that's all I need to do. I'll get my miracle, and I'll just quietly slip away. Nobody has to know anything about it. I'll not make a fuss or a noise. I'll just quietly just disappear. Of course, she also knew that being unclean, to touch a rabbi was a big no-no. <laughs> really was. To touch a rabbi, to make him unclean, would be unheard of. I mean, that would be a big thing. That would cause a big fuss. So she says, I'll just do it quietly. He'll not even know. Nobody will know. I mean, everybody's bumping and born here. Nobody will even notice. I just touch and go. <laughs> what a quiet determination of faith that is, isn't it? And so, it might have been quiet, but it was quality. It was without fuss, but it was firm. It was simple, but boy, it was successful, wasn't it? <coughs> then look at the discovery of her faith, when her faith was discovered. When you read the two portions we read at the beginning, which we'll not read again, you'll see that Jesus says, who touched me? One of the gospel writers says, who touched my clothes? Hmm. Master, you're asking a foolish question. Everybody's touching you. I mean, we're just getting jogged along here. I mean, everybody's just squeezing us. And you're asking who touched you? It's ridiculous. No, 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 no. No, no, somebody really touched me. I felt power come out of me. Somebody touched me at the very core of my being. And I felt power, healing power, leave me and go out of me. Lots of people that day touched Jesus with their flesh, but only this little woman touched him with her faith. And there was a big difference. Because when she touched him with her faith, he felt it. He knew. 
somebody's touched me. And so, if Jesus at that point had not have said, who touched me? We never would have been able to know this story. That wouldn't have been in the Bible today. But he wanted us to know about it. To be encouraged in our faith. To show you that simple, quiet, unassuming faith can touch him. Can touch him. Who touched me? As if he didn't know. I mean, he knew the thoughts and intents of every man's heart. Out of where I As if God didn't know. Cain, where's your brother? As if God didn't know. I don't know where he is. Am I my brother's keeper? Hmm. Who touched me? As if he didn't know. But he wanted to elicit a testimony from this little woman. Not only to encourage everybody around him, but 2,000 years later to encourage us. And so she comes, fearing and trembling, because she's touched a rabbi. Fearing and trembling, she comes and she gives her story. And Jesus says, go in peace. Your faith has made you well. What a testimony. You know, she started something that day. Because from that point on, other people was trying to touch the hem of his garment too. You can read that in other Gospels. But she was the first. Simple, simple faith. But what a miracle she got. The depth of her faith. Who touched me for I perceive power? Dunamis is the word. Where we get dynamite and dynamo and dynamism and all those words from. I perceive power <coughs> has gone from me. Then he says, be whole of your affliction. I think the authorized version says, your plague. Hmm. Be whole of it. And again, Wuss says, it means be continually made whole. In other words, this is never coming back again. This is not going to return tomorrow or next week or next month or next year. You will be continually made whole from this. It's gone forever. <laughs> That's what that literally means. When he said, be made whole. The word plague here, which is in the authorized, is mastic, M-A-S-T-I-X. And it's the word where we get scourge or whip from. The thing that whipped her, 
that scourged her for 12 long, harrowing, hard years has now been whipped by her faith in Jesus. What a Savior. What a mighty Lord we have. And I'm saying this tonight to encourage us all, me, you, all of us. And I think our problem is that we make faith to be so, so difficult, don't we? And yet when we read her story, it was simple. It was simple. Really simple, wasn't it? It wasn't a big show. It wasn't a lot of shouting. No demonstration. Nobody laid hands on her. Nobody even prayed for her. There was no angels appeared. There's no lights appeared. It just says, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, that's all I've got to do. And I'll be made well. And that's exactly what happened. And so, saints, be encouraged tonight. If we have faith as a grain of mustard seed. Mustard seed. And we sow that seed. It'll bear fruit. I wish all miracles, even in the Bible, were as easy as that and as quick as that and as simple as that, but they're not. But that's a good place to start, isn't it? So be encouraged, beloved, tonight to trust him, to believe him. Some of you have been doing it for years. I commend you for that. Because most people would have long since given up, but you haven't. You haven't. And your faith has been forged in the fires often of desperation. Because only the Lord's touch is going to do it. Or should I say, only you touching him is going to do it. And you will. So be encouraged tonight. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for these records in Scripture that are here for our admonition to encourage, to inspire us, to teach us, to show us. And Lord, we freely admit that none of us are there yet. But we want to be there. So teach us your ways. Let us see your hand at work in our lives continually. And the thing that we need the most, Lord, whatever it is today, help us, Lord, to reach out to you and and to believe, simply believe that the things that are impossible with men are possible with God, for with God all things are possible to him who believes. And so we reach out in faith to you tonight, believing in your inspired word that helps us, that causes our faith to rise. Lord, minister your healing power, your virtue that you possess into our lives.
and make us whole, completely whole physically in the name of Jesus. And we'll give you the praise and you the honor and you the glory. And Lord, that we may have a testimony of your goodness and your touch in our lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We produce a variety of sermon videos and inspiring Christian content available for free on our YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube and search Moira Pentecostal or visit our website for more information, www.mpc.org.uk.